Welcome to UK Health Radio. You are listening to the Speech and Language Therapy Show hosted by Shamina Rabi, a consultant speech and language therapist and founder of Unlocking Language, an award-winning independent practice that provides speech and language therapy to both adults and children. She is dedicated to raising awareness about speech, language, communication and swallowing difficulties and empowering those who have them. A huge welcome to UK Health Radio and I am Shamina Rabi hosting the Speech and Language Therapy Show. In today's episode I will be talking about supporting early communication in babies and toddlers. The most common question I get is help, my child isn't talking yet. I hear this from parents all the time and I commonly too from teachers, caregivers and family members. Today, I'm going to primarily focus on the zero to three-year-olds and discuss how communication develops, focus on what is typical language development, talk about how to play with them and how to provide an enriched language environment. I will also touch on what are the worrying signs and what you can do to help your child who has a language delay. I've noticed an increased trend of young toddlers coming through the door with a language delay. I see babies as young as 10 months who are not babbling, 18-month-olds with no single words, and 2-3 to year-olds who have less than 10 words. In addition, some of these children present with other signs too, such as having difficulties to follow instructions or they have poor attention. For example, they're not able to sit through a book or play with a puzzle. And some also lack social communication skills, such as having poor eye contact or are unable to turn take. Very recently on the news, there has been much talk around the growing number of children entering nursery and school who are not ready yet. And a large part of this is that they have inadequate language and communication skills, according to the Literacy Trust in the UK. So let's start off by talking about how language develops in children. Being able to speak clearly and process speech sounds, to understand what is being said, to express ideas and interact with people, are fundamental building blocks for a child's development. The early years, often described as a window of opportunity or sensitive window, is a period of rapid neurological development for children. So as speech and language therapists, we often refer to what we call the language pyramid. These are the building blocks to how speech and language skills develop. You have five main areas in the language pyramid. Right at the bottom is the foundation skill required for communication to develop. This is attention and listening. This is the child's ability to focus and attend to what is being said and to what is being done in their environment so that they can learn and eventually copy. It includes the child being able to listen to information, attend to a task such as a play activity and to complete it, sit through reading a book, being able to play for a few minutes, learning to wait and watching. This then ties nicely in with the next step, which is play and social interaction. Play is an important prerequisite skill for developing early communication skills. They say that play is work in childhood. Your little one learns about language, social rules, the environment and people around them through play. Play in all its form is an important stepping stone in your little one's speech and language development. There are lots of different types of play, such as symbolic play, 
which is when the child uses objects, actions or ideas to represent other objects or ideas. There is role play, which encourages the child's imaginative and creative skills. Social interaction skills in this step involve eye contact, taking turns during play or during babbling, sharing, interacting and playing with other children and adults. Once these skills start to develop, the next step in communication is understanding, also known as receptive language. This is the child's ability to process and understand what they hear, such as single words, to understand that this is a car, this is an apple, this is the colour green. It also includes following instructions, information and conversation, and then following longer narratives, such as understanding a story. This is a vital stepping stone for the child to be able to speak. It is vital to understand what words mean for the child to be able to use them correctly and appropriately in spoken language. This is the use of single words, their vocabulary, putting words together to make a sentence, initiating language, questioning, making requests and giving information. The ability to express also includes nonverbal language, such as using gesture or pointing or sign language. It is a form of being able to communicate. Once a child has good attention and listening, is playing appropriately, has good social interaction skills, is able to understand information, is speaking, using words, starting to put sentences together, we then come to the tip of the pyramid. And this is the actual production of speech sounds. In order to speak clearly, the child needs to be able to articulate all the speech sounds in their language. This step looks at the child's speech clarity and intelligibility, ensuring that others can understand what they are saying. Although there are five separate steps in the pyramid, they are all interlinked. For example, if you are playing train tracks with your child, your child is using fine motor and physical skills to build the train track and to push the train along. Your child is attending to the task. Your child is listening to what you are saying. Hopefully you're commenting during play. You may give your child an instruction to follow. You and your child might use a bit of gesture and a bit of pointing and your child may even say something. So actually, your child is developing all the building blocks at the same time in one activity. Before we carry on discussing strategies and how we can support early communication, I want to acknowledge that it is hard being a parent and that parents are super busy. And as a mum myself to a four-year-old and a 21-month-old, I know that we're trying to get through each day. Every day is hard and every day brings new challenges. That's why it's really important to work on communication skills within the activities you are already doing. I want you as a parent to feel empowered when you listen to this and free yourself from feeling guilty, although I do think that parent guilt comes with our job. I really believe as a mum that the daily routines we have for our children are a great way to help them develop their communication skills. For example, bath time is a routine that is enriched with language. And what we want to do is immerse them in rich language. What we simply have to do is comment and talk through the routine or activity. So going back to bath time, there are a range of words here. Big bubbles, running water, splashing water, put water on duck. 
It is a routine that we need to get through every day which can take anything from 10 minutes to one hour, depending on how much your little one loves to bath. You can make the routine fun and the key here is to keep commenting on what you are both doing and what you can both see. And you can apply this to all other routines such as getting ready for bed, meal prep, even during feeding time. Talk, talk, talk. Use the daily routines to talk through what is happening and expose your little ones to the wonderful language that you possess. Another tip I would give is walking your baby or toddler through the house and telling them what you can both see and describing it. Tell your little one what you are doing. One thing I did with both my children, right from the time they were born, is that I would walk them around the house, of course separately as one is four and one is 21 months old now, and I would slip him into my baby carrier and I would walk around the house and tell him what I could see. In the early stages, he wasn't really awake, but as he grew more and more alert, he was able to engage in an activity that we had been doing every day for the last six or seven months. I would walk around the kitchen and describe what I could see. So this is the fridge, we've got carrots in there, this is the microwave, it is to heat food. And then I'd also carry him in my baby carrier when I was doing activities. For example, steaming the bottles. And I would say, oh, we take the lid off, let's put the bottle in, um, let's put the lid back on. And the really interesting thing is that with a lot of these tasks, you're doing them several times during the day. For example, steaming the bottles or pouring the milk or going upstairs and downstairs. So you're actually exposing your child to the same language several times or the, the keywords several times during a day, which is great for learning a language. I also want to talk to you a little bit about motherese. Now, motherese is the type of language that mothers naturally use with their child. And there is a lot of evidence around the positivity and correlation with language development. So motherese is the way that we talk to babies and toddlers. It's the high-pitched voice we use. Oh, how are you today? What would you like to eat? It's time to eat the broccoli. You can see instantaneously that my pitch has gone up and my tone has changed. This is known as a comfort voice that the baby has been listening to since the time that he or she was in the womb. And it shows, evidence shows a good relationship between children developing language skills and mothers using this way of speech. This ties in nicely with what we're going to talk about next, which is singing. Singing is a really important tool to use. When we sing traditional nursery rhymes or lullabies, we are changing our pitch. And research again shows that this type of tone is connected to, a good, to good language development. It is important to be singing to babies even before they develop speech. It's an important prerequisite step to later education success and emotional well-being. Singing is a special type of speech that you are exposing your child to. Um, you expose your child to different types of musics, music which can help them to develop more pathways between cells in the brain. And when you link music to other activities such as dancing, this helps to increase even more pathways. At a very early age in babies, they can differentiate between different sounds. For example, their mother's voice and their father's voice. 
Exposure to music enhances the child's natural ability to decode sounds and words. By singing nursery rhymes to your child, you are helping them to identify these sound patterns and learn them through repetition. And it's a great way to pick up words. My son, who is almost two years old now, was exposed to music right from the time he was in my room. Um, by sort of eight, nine, ten months, I could see that he would hum along to nursery rhymes. Um, and now at 21 months old, he can sign quite a few of the songs and he also has some words. It's a great interactive activity that taps into the child's development in so many ways. Singing is something you can do repeatedly during the day. Again, you can fit it into your daily routines. It's a great one to use when you're in the car and baby or toddler is in the back seat or when you're going for a walk outside. And in addition, music helps children to anticipate what is coming next in a song. And then they know how to put these patterns in a sequence. And when they're mastering these skills, they are building the basis for the literacy and numeracy skills. So now we're going to talk about play. Play is such an important activity in the child's first three years of their life. It develops and enhances so many skills and most importantly, language. What I have noticed in the last few years is that the focus on traditional play has started to dwindle. When parents come into my practice and we talk about how the child's day is and what they sort of typically do and what they do for play, I often get parents very proudly saying, oh, well, my two-year-old is great at using the phone. She knows all the apps inside out. She can go on YouTube by herself and put on nursery rhymes and the alphabet and the counting, and she's great at counting. But unfortunately, she's not really talking. She's not really showing any creative play. So I would like to spend a little bit of time today discussing how we can encourage play in our little ones. And I also want to talk about, let's scrap all that. Um, I want to, before we go further into play, I just want to touch on screen time. This is a controversial topic. So I'd like us to think about screen time in the first three years of our baby and our toddler's life. What is screen time? Researchers are beginning to publish more and more studies about the detrimental effects of screen time on language development. Increased screen time has been linked to attention problems, short-term memory problems and reading problems. All of which can play into your child's ability to learn language as well. So let's define it. Let's define what screen, screen time is. Screen time refers to any time that your child spends with a screen in front of his face. One that's turned on anyway. That includes a television, a smartphone, tablet, computer, handheld video game device, DVD player in the car, anything with a screen with moving pictures on it. It doesn't matter if your child's watching an educational video or playing a great game, screen time is screen time. Children learn to talk and communicate through interactions with other people. That's the way it's always been. And I think that's the way it will always continue to be, despite any new technology that comes our way. The first several years of life are crucial for your child's language development. It is when their brain is the most receptive to learning new language and is building communication pathways that will be with them for the rest of their lives. Once that window closes, it is more difficult for someone to learn and develop language skills. 
That's why it's hard for adults to learn a foreign language. Recent studies have found that children who began watching TV before 12 months and who watched more than two hours of TV per day were six times more likely to have a language delay. Another study found that children who watched more than two hours of TV per day had increased odds of low communication scores. The American Academy of Pediatrics has provided guidelines, which the UK health system agrees with, in that children under the age of two should not be exposed to any screen time and encourages interactive play. Of course, your child isn't going to suddenly stop talking if he or she sees a few minutes of television or the phone or the iPad. So don't worry if you need to do it. But let's try and make sure that the time is short and let's not make a habit of it. As a parent, there are moments when you need to put the TV on so you can get something done quickly. I've done it. It's easier to cook without my 21-month-old hovering onto my leg and my four-year-old wanting to show me everything that he's doing if I could just put on Fireman Sam or Peppa Pig just for 15 or 20 minutes while I quickly meal prep. And I'm also quite fussy about what I put on. Um, I think cartoons are great. They have good vocabulary. I often put on learning programs. Um, so at the moment, my both my boys are into dinosaurs. So I have a particular program around teaching them what type of dinosaurs there are, what they did. And this is great vocabulary. And again, they can transfer some of that information into their play. I also think we are resorting to screen time too quickly as a solution, particularly when we're out and about. I've noticed in restaurants in particular, that there will be children with huge iPads sitting there for the whole two hours and no one's really corresponded with them. It's really easy to sort of just feed them while they've got the iPad on. And yes, I, you know, I, I have resorted to screen time um, in the restaurant, but it's usually my last resort. I have a magic bag of tricks that I like to take with me. Um, in that bag, I have my boy's favourite toys. They're usually hand toys, um, and I know that will keep them busy. We know that their attention will go quite quickly, so I have a range of toys I take with me. I take colouring pencils and a colouring book, and I also take books. And I take these out in a staggered approach so that I can keep them busy for at least half an hour or 45 minutes. And there may come a point when they just don't want to do any of that, they've eaten, they don't want to engage in my wonderful adult conversation that I'm having with someone else, and yes, at times, we may resort to screen time. But I think we really, really need to try and get our children occupied with the more traditional approaches before we go onto iPads and phones. Guidelines also talk, um, the guidelines also, the guidelines also state that after two years of age, you can lighten up a little, but we should never go above two hours per day with screen time. So going back to play, why is it so important? Play is one of the most important ways that children learn about the world. When children play with adults and other children, they learn how to get along with others, to problem solve, and how to communicate and use language effectively. Play skills demonstrate your child's cognitive skills, which are your child's ability to think, process language, play attention, play, pay attention, learn and plan the next move. All of these skills are essential for speech and language development. As I mentioned before, there are many types of play 
and I would require another whole show to go through them. But just to touch on it, babies will start with exploratory play, when they might put something into their mouth, when they're repeatedly touching an object. This is where they are using their senses to learn about new objects. And this begins when your child has intentional control over their body. Children who enjoy shaking or mouthing or smelling new objects are in this stage. We've got functional play. This is where older babies and toddlers are using toys and objects as they were intended. Functional play such as using a spoon to stir or racing a car, rolling a ball. Pay attention to whether your child is using an object or simply enjoying one part of the object such as the wheels turning. Then you have constructive play. This is where you're manipulating objects to make something new. This stage of play includes more trial and error to see how pieces can work together with a final goal in mind. Constructive play includes building train tracks, assembling and disassembling blocks and other toys or sorting shapes and objects. And then you have my favourite which is pretend or symbolic play. This type of play gives us a look into your child's world. You use objects in imaginary ways such as pretending your hand or a block is a phone emptying a box to make a doll bed, a bathtub, pretending a baby is crying and soothing the baby. Children who dress up and act like a specific person are also engaging in pretend play. Play develops as children develop. First, they might put everything in their mouth or just throw toys. This is their way of experimenting and learning, as I said. And our role is to facilitate our child's play and their learning. So when they do place the ball in the mouth, you may comment, ball, ooh, ball in mouth. Roll the ball and show them how to roll it. Our role is to give them the language and to comment on what they are doing during play. In the first 12 months, you want to give the language during play for your child to store it somewhere because at some point they will be accessing this information. There is so much going on, you are firing those neurons and building those connections. As your child progresses through play, your role is still to facilitate their play and to carry on commenting. As your child plays with a car track, you will comment on that. I passionately believe in pretend play and I want to give you an example of a recent, very special moment that I had with my 21-month-old. I was in the kitchen and he came up to me, looked at me and then walked towards the pantry. He stood by the pantry door and pointed and said, open. So I said, oh, okay, I'll open the door for you. Uh, I opened the door and then he looked in there and he pointed to the top shelf. And I said, oh, what would you like? And he said, tata, which is his word for pasta because he hasn't got all the speech sounds yet. And I said, oh, you want pasta? Mama, tata. And then I gave him the pasta. And the reason he asked for that was because the day before I was making pasta for dinner. So I decided to include him during uh, the meal time, uh, during making the meal. I gave him one of my little saucepans, a wooden spoon and some dry pasta. And I got him to pretend that he was also making the meal with me. And we talked a lot about pasta and a lot about cooking. And the next day, he was transferring that skill into play by himself in a pretend situation and was making requests. So it's just a really great example of how the language that you can use in pretend play can then transfer 
into real life. The next tool I'm going to talk about today is reading. Reading is really important and we need to be doing this from the time baby is in the womb, from the time baby is one day old. The key to a wide vocabulary is a love of reading. It's important to make reading a routine with a regular slot every day. Don't just read school books. Um, Recognise what your child's interest, it, interest is and find books that relate to them as this will encourage them to read purely for enjoyment. When your toddler is about two to three years old, it's important to talk about what you're reading as this will help to build their comprehension. Reading to babies contributes to the development of the growing brains and gives them a good start towards a lifelong love of reading and good literature. When you read to infants, it can also help language development as they're taking in information and beginning to learn about speech patterns. In addition, the synapses connecting between your infant's neurons as you read aloud are positively affecting child development in many areas. Infants tune into the rhythm and the tone of our voices, especially familiar voices of the parents and caregivers. While initially the rhythmic phrase, brown bear, brown bear, what do you see, may not hold meaning, your baby is taking in the sounds of language and how they fit together. And this ties in with the mother ease language that we had talked about before. From the time my baby was born, I was reading to him, especially when I was breastfeeding. I would either be reading children books or I would be reading my own books aloud, but I wanted him to be exposed to language. When he became about four or five months old, I started to resort to wordless books and then fun books that were either pop up or lift up the flap type books. He's now four years old and he has a huge passion for books and I still ensure that we have a minimum of 30 minutes before bedtime to be able to read books together. Another important tool to support early communication development is signing. I often get parents saying, if I teach my child to use sign language, will their speech be delayed? The quick answer is no. There is no scientific research or evidence to suggest that using sign language has a negative impact on speech development. In fact, signing with your child can have a hugely positive influence on their language skills. And many families have reported, reported increased speech development due to signing first. When you are signing with your child, you just don't sign on your own, on its own, but you also say the word. And I did this with my own children. I chose a few core signs that I wanted them to learn, such as milk, home, more and thank you. And when I would sign, I would also say the word. Um, I also learnt several of the signs um, that they could use when we sang nursery rhymes together and I took them to the sing and sign classes which were brilliant. And I'll give you another example. One day we were in the car stuck in traffic and my older one was 15 months at that time and he kept on saying mama mama. So when we were in traffic and the car stopped I turned round and I said oh are you okay? And then he said mama and he made the sign for home. We'd been in the traffic for over 45 minutes and then he kept on signing for home and I knew what he was trying to say was mum I just want to go home. A few months later he was able to sign and say home and I've seen the same thing happen with my second one so I really do believe that signing is a way for the child to be able to communicate and at some point when they're ready the speech will come along. 
Let's talk about babbling. Babbling is the first form of communication your baby will use. Babbling is usually where the baby says single sounds or starts to join sounds together, such as mama mama, ba 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 ba. I've had babies refer to my practice as young as 10 months who are not babbling or making very, very few vocalizations. In this age range, I have seen children between 10 months to two years who it is very important to encourage your child to babble. Some tips around babbling. Okay, scrap that whole bit. Babbling is a major stepping stone in your child's speech and language development. Recent research shows that babbling is the biggest predictor of the emergence of first words and helps babies learn the social importance of speech. Babbling typically begins between one to four months when your baby will coo and they will make vowel-like sounds, ooh, ah. Between four to six months, your baby will continue to coo and maybe start adding in some more speech sounds, which is known as pre-babbling. True babbling usually begins when your baby's aged between six to 10 months. Tips for babbling. Always make sure that your baby can see you and that you can see baby and that you're face to face and and hold your baby close to you. Babies are born with mirror neurons, which tells them to copy so that their brain is decoding this information and it's six months. And so their brain, so their brain is recording this information and it's six months, they will start to decode this information. When your baby is babbling, it's important to engage with them. For example, when they're saying ba 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 ba, you can also copy and say that back to them and try and have a babbling conversation. As your baby starts to get older, it's your role to facilitate that babbling and add more sounds to it and extend the babbling. So we've spoken a lot about tools and techniques that you can use with zero to three year olds to generally help them with their communication development. I do want to emphasize though, that language is varied within this age range. Some may say their first word at 11 months, some may say to 18 months or two years, and some children are just late talkers. Please don't get held up on the fact that your one may have delayed speech because they're still not talking and they're 19 months. Think about their overall language and think about the language pyramid that we discussed earlier on. Are they attending? Are they playing? Can they follow instructions? Do they understand words? Can they sit through reading a book? Have they got good eye contact? If they are not doing, if if they are not speaking and there are other signs that are causing a concern, then maybe we need to start thinking about you going to see a speech therapist or having a chat with your health visitor or GP. So I'm going to do a very brief benchmark um, around what you need to be looking for in terms of language developmental milestones. The norm for babbling is between 6 to 12 months. We expect single words to start emerging between 12 to 18 months, such as mama, milk. My first son said mama 
at the age of 11 months, but my second son said it at 15 months, so it can be really varied. By two years, you would expect the toddler to have between 30 to 50 words, and once they turn two, they'll also start to join two words together. For example, more milk. It's important to also think about the vocabulary you're exposing your child to. So it's great when we're labelling things such as, you know, fridge, table, chair, iron, tap. But we also need to be giving some verbs or some descriptive words so that the children can join the words together. Let's talk about some common features in a language delay and what to look out for when you need to start thinking about seeing a speech therapist or getting some extra support. If you do have a late talker who has no real words by 18 months, I'd probably see if you can have a chat to your health visitor or your GP or give a local speech therapist a ring to get some more information. Um, it's great to get some tips around how maybe you could promote communication better during play and during your daily routine activities. If the child has difficulties understanding what you're saying to them or they can't attend to an activity, um, if they're not able to sit with you for more than 30 seconds and they're over the age of 18 months. Okay, scrap all that. Let's talk about some common features in a language delay and what to look out for and when to start thinking about seeking some extra support or seeing a speech and language therapist. If you do have a toddler over 18 months who doesn't have any words, I think it's time to get some tips around what you can do to support language and play at home. By the age of two, if they are saying around 10 to 15 words, they're not really combining words, they're having difficulties to understand and their attention is quite poor, I would suggest referring to a speech and language therapist. When you see the speech and language therapist, it's not just about how to teach the child to speak, but they'll be giving you a lot more detail about all the different things we spoke about today, particularly in relation to the language pyramid. So if the attention is poor, the speech therapist will discuss a range of activities you can do to build attention, to build the listening skills, to build their play, to build their understanding so that eventually they can speak or communicate. If you are concerned about their social communication skills, for example, they're not responding to their name, they have very poor eye contact, they're not really playing with you or with siblings or with other, other people, I would say that's a good point as well to discuss with your health visitor or your GP or refer to speech and language therapy. Early intervention is key here and it's great to get very specific advice from speech therapists that can help you to promote communication at home. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, this is my first show so I really wanted to talk about something I am passionate about and I believe that every child has the right to talk. Get in touch if you would like any more information. On my website there will be links for play ideas and strategies and there will also be the language pyramid which you can refer to. Um, so please have a look it's www unlockinglanguage.co.uk I will be I will be back next week so I'll see you then
Have a lovely week.